0: Episode 694 of The Sleeper and the Bust. I am Justin Mason with no Jason Collette, who unfortunately got into an accident uh, this last week in San Diego uh, and is on the 10-day IL. I think we mentioned it briefly on the last episode with Paul. So I had to kind of bring in a ringer. I had to call someone up from the minor leagues, uh, and there's no better person to call it from the minor leagues than a guy who really d- dives deep into the minor leagues our good friend Ian Khan. Ian, hi, buddy. Back. Hi, buddy. Hi, buddy. How That's you doing? The way,
1: I'm good. That's the way. Justin and I, when we speak on the phone, we always start every phone call with "Hi, buddy." Don't know how it started, <laughs> but it's fun.
0: It is, and it's uh, it's a pleasure to get to talk to you once again. Uh, and we will talk about some minor league stuff because there are some guys who've been called up, and you just uh, well, you were about to. You haven't released them yet. We're still in the dark. But you're about to release your dynasty ranks for the month.
1: Yes. Well, for for the last two months, so the the first up the the first update was like mid February. Then I did another one right after spring training at the beginning of the season, and this will be the first one mid season, and it should come out I think Wednesday or Thursday on wire. Yes. And and love to our boy Jason. I reached out to him immediately. I don't think that's the 10 day IL, dude. I think that's the 60 day IL. Yeah. I mean,
0: Dude,
1: that's my boy, and he is
0: beat up. Yeah, if you haven't seen the picture either on Facebook <laughs> or on Twitter, it was uh, it it was pretty brutal. Uh, he, f- I think he's got a fracture in his elbow, and then, uh, his face was lucky he didn't break anything. So we're, uh, we're hoping the best for him. And as soon as he's ready to come back, he will of course be back of on course. the show. Uh, but I will I will keep this train rolling either with you. or... Or other guests uh, from around the industry. Uh, it's that way uh, people are still getting their content on Sunday. And we still talk about kind of transactions in fab. And then, you know, usually some sort of uh, different topic. And today we will talk a little bit about how you kind of compile your dynasty ranks. And uh, how people can apply them for their leagues. Uh, but first, let's talk about some notable transactions. George Springer is going to the IL. Uh it does not appear to be quite as serious as first thought though. That hasn't necessarily been clarified. So, uh, what are you doing in terms of like picking up a replacement? Derek Fisher has been called up, uh, which isn't super interesting for fantasy necessarily.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think Marisnik is going to get more of that time. I mean, he's finally turning into a baseball player, a full-fledged baseball player hitter. And, you know, it's interesting because for Springer, we had a situation where for the last like two weeks, right before he hurt his back, he was a major trade piece in dynasty and keeper leagues where people were like, I need to sell high on this guy because he's never been this good. And I don't necessarily believe he will be this good. But if I'm a, if I'm a rebuilding team, I can flip Springer for, you know, to a competing team. So I was out there reaching out to a couple of the guys who were looking to move Springer and the the, the heartbreak of this second injury of just sort of like, yeah, no, I got to sort of start from scratch. I got to hold him. It was like a prime moment where you were going to be able to get absolute value for George Springer. Uh, So on that front, it's really disappointing.
0: Yeah, it is extremely disappointing. Uh, And I'm a big Springer fan. I don't have a ton of Springer shares because I, I feel like he is more name value uh, than actual value. I think some people still hold on to the, the, the guy we thought he was going to be when he came up from the minor leagues, which was. Yeah, when he was coming out of Connecticut. Yeah, he was the like University a 30, of Connecticut. 30, 30 30 potential guy. So. But, I mean, he's still – look, he's still a
1: 30 – I mean, injury is going to take some of these numbers away. But he's still a 30, 15, 290 in the best lineup in baseball kind of oh, guy. yeah, I mean, for
0: sure. He's, he's still he, fantastic.
1: He, oh, fantastic. He's a top 10 player this year for sure. If you have him on your team, it's like ha- – I'm not quite having Bellinger or Yelich, but it's in the ballpark. I mean, he's he's definitely a winning ball player and somebody who actually now is a decent time to buy low on. Yeah. Uh, in, yeah, I mean, in he was redraft. on
0: pace for like – Forty-five ten, you know, or forty-five twelve. So,
1: And one of the reasons why I was picking him up in t- in some spaces is he was talking in spring training how he really wanted to run more this year. Um, and we haven't really seen it, but boy, I'll tell you, that bat has matured. When he was coming up back in the day, a few years back, it, the, the issue was, is he going to strike out too much? Is he going to be able to control the strike zone? A- and really, he's proven that, you know, it takes time. It takes time to mature into the player that you become.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's had a 20% or less uh, strikeout rate the last three seasons. If you are looking to buy low on him, would you? what would you kind of maybe try to give up for him, considering uh, now that the injury isn't as serious as they thought?
1: In a redraft league? Or in a yeah, in dynast- a redraft. In a redraft. Yeah, Dynasty, you're not really going to be able to buy too low. Uh, if you can, God bless you, but then the owner's not very bright on the other side. Yeah. Um, I mean, it depends. I mean, it becomes one of these situations, a guy that, uh, on, you know, I'm doing the dynasty rankings over at Rotowire, which I'm really grateful. I get to continue to do, but I'm also doing a podcast every Wednesday at the athletic called under the radar with uh, Nando Dufino De and Derek van Riper. And every Wednesday we're looking at players who aren't necessarily like guys who are just starting to peek their heads out. So we talked a lot about Mike minor early in the season, somebody who we were really high on. And this past week, We discussed, and I'm giving, there's a reason for this. We were discussing Lucas Giolito, and I was uh, sort of saying, I was like, look, I'm telling you, based on this before he did the complete game shutout, what I saw last weekend was a guy who was you know, the number one prospect in baseball, it was looking like that again, his, you know, he's so large, he's so tall that he releases the ball so much closer to the plate than so many other uh, pitchers. That ball is on them like so fast. He's got a top grade curveball, And now he's like coming into coming into his own. So, you know, if you have a team that is really struggling for pitching and they've got tons of hitting and they're worried about Springer, you might be able to get yourself Giolito plus in a deal like that, you know, and buy at the very last moment of buying low.
0: Well, okay, so let's see. Uh, Giolito went in the 14th round of my uh, second chance league draft last night. George Springer went in the fourth round, which
1: right—that's why I say plus. Yeah, so there's there's a there's a lot of plus to be had. Mm-hmm. But if you if you want to have do... something...
0: Uh, Giolito and Luke Voigt yeah that's I mean
1: where did Luke Voigt go in that draft the 11th
0: I'm... round really yeah i I was actually pretty surprised because i i took i had a choice between uh Voigt and uh and matt Olson and i and i ended up going with Olson but i had with
1: Voigt. Uh, I, yeah, I, I would
0: have I, liked I, to take I, both right there honestly right. I tell you
1: Voight, the, the thing about Voigt is and I get to watch him all the time as a Yankee fan I, uh, you know yesterday he had a home run 470 yeah, feet I, I that, it was a monster. that was and, but but it's not just that it's the it's the presence in the lineup it, the, that that lineup is hobbled. With a loss of Stanton, Judge Hicks is still hobbled, no DD, you know, but but even still, the one guy you're gonna see in that lineup every single day is Luke Voigt, whether he's playing first base or whether he's DHing. They're not taking him out of that lineup. And in that in that ballpark in in Yankee Stadium, which is just sort of almost as absurd as Baltimore, not quite, but close you know that right field fan, that Baltimore's the worst 364 feet to left center field i mean that's why gleyber torres is, is hitting 96 home runs every mm-hmm. every oh you, you my know. god i
0: just i just wrote him up for uh for one of my pieces at fantasy alarm uh and he's hitting 465 with 10 home runs against baltimore this year and 234 <laughs> with two home runs versus the rest of the league
1: yeah yeah, because because and that's part of why even with Dylan Bundy kind of growing and, and doing better, you cannot be a pitcher in Baltimore. You just can't. It's 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 a step. It's not as bad as Coors, but it's it's just a couple of steps behind. And then Yankee Stadium is behind that because that right field porch once Void starts popping that ball over. 318 feet to right field. I mean it's 310, but he tends to hit it like three eleven, three twelve, three thirteen, 312, 313. And then does his little Sammy Sosa kick out of the, you know, when he does that little Sammy Sosa kick after he hits the ball. I just love Luke Void. I I've been big on him. It was one of the uh Lucas Beery. I'm gonna have to give him a little uh when I put out my dynasty rankings in uh March twenty-eighth. I had Voight at 155 and I had, everybody was like, what are you nuts? Why are you so, you don't need to go that high. Go 220, go, you know, even 220 shows that you're big on Voight. And every time I go through my list and as I'm going through my list, I'm always just saying, who do I want more? do I want this guy. I don't want this guy. And I got all the way I was like, I, you know, friends of mine are like, it's too high. 155. Are you nuts? And, and then Lucas Berry sends me a gif. He goes, brilliant. Uh, rankings, love him." Luke Voigt. And he, like, has a little gif of a guy making a face like he just ate some Sour Patch Kids that were only sour. Um, and so I've, I've enjoyed, you know, giving him a little. And then he reached out to me, like, a month ago. He was like, you know what? I was wrong. Luke Voigt is the man.
0: And uh, I, I, I got I, him on accident in a league. Uh, I was an uh, AL-only league. I price-enforced. And got stuck with him. Um, that's,
1: that's a good stuck.
0: Yeah, and it, I mean, it's an OBP league too, so it hmm. uh, definitely is, you know, 372 on-base percentage plus the 13 home runs uh, has been pretty nice for me. It's actually helped. He's one of the main guys that's really been carrying my team in that league.
1: And I worry about Olsen. He just, he's so tall. Mm-hmm. He's just so tall. It's like he's going to fall down one day. I know. I just, just,
0: the only thing I worried about was that Hammate surgery and I mean he's hit five home runs since coming back in in Mm -hmm. two weeks so I think I think the the power question is uh there and it just I could have gone either way honestly yeah but
1: I'm just surprised I mean Voight lasted Uh, so far
0: I'm surprised either of them lasted it was a weird draft and Paul and I will be going into depth on it uh on mine and his uh tomorrow uh, but if you do want to just hear about the, about the whole draft, uh, Colin Weatherwax and I, uh, who were both in the draft, uh, did a two and a half hour podcast on Friends of Fantasy Benefits live during the draft. Uh, and we actually had just a random guy who was in the league come on and, and, and chat with us for a little while. But uh, if you want to hear a play by play, it's up there. So uh, Very good. Very good. ETA on Tucker and Alvarez, because I think a lot of people thought this meant Tucker was coming up. It obviously at this point does not mean that. And it while he's hitting for power and stealing bases in the minor leagues, he hasn't been hitting for average. I think a lot of people believe Jordan Alvarez will be up first. What are you what are your takes on them?
1: I've had Jordan Alvarez on my on a twelve team redraft league for about three weeks and on a fifteen team redraft league for um about four weeks uh, I think Jordan Alvarez I think that White is eventually going to go bye-bye I think Gurriel could go to the bench and just sort of become a utility guy hang out with Diaz uh, I think Alvarez is going to come up and he's going to mash when he does Look, in both of those leagues, there's there are a couple of spots on your bench that you can carry some guys. It's not daily leagues, so you're not missing out not losing out on anything. But that's a real positive advantage for fantasy players. When you see guys like Keston Tior, who now is up and who went for like I think $500 in one of the industry leagues on Sunday. Okay, when Jordan Alvarez does come up, he's going to be expensive. All of these guys are expensive. So it's, it's being able to see a couple of weeks in front, which is one of the reasons why dynasty leagues are so valuable to plan. They don't only, they're not only to me the most fun that you can have, but it also preps you for redraft leagues because it, it's teaching you about all of these top prospects and you're keeping your eye on them as much as you would be keeping your eye on what Howie Kendrick is doing. You're saying, okay, Jordan Alvarez has 19 home runs in AAA and he's hitting them to right field, center field, and left field. And he's just—he's a special player, Kyle Tucker. I, I, you know, I saw something where Hinch was talking about—you don't want to bring Tucker up to just sit on the bench, but we—they <laughs> they could do that with uh, with Fisher. They don't mind doing that with Fisher, but with uh, with Tucker, they'd rather him get the everyday at bats. I—I um, I don't know when something opens up for him. I think that I think Alvarez is up before Tucker, and I think that Alvarez is a difference maker in in fantasy.
0: I uh, couldn't agree more with you. So uh let's uh let's move on, talk about another call up. Uh, Mitch Keller has been called up. He's going to get a two start week this week. Uh, are you investing highly in the former top pitching prospect?
1: I'm not I, and and part of the reason why I'm not is there are also guys like Lance Lynn who are on the wire right now um who to me have gone through their growing pains and are pitching at a very, very high level. Keller might come great, you know he might have a great time. But uh, he's not, to me, he's not that top level. How about you?
0: I am willing to take the shot on him just because it's a two-start week. But I'm not, like, if you're in the main event, if you're in TGFBI, like, this isn't a week for me where I'm blowing $100 worth of fab on him.
1: That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah and I mean, I you can get his, him for eight it, bucks out of a thousand.
0: I don't think there's any way you get him for that. I think his no. name value alone is going to, he's going for at least 50. In most yeah, leagues.
1: I agree. I, I just the, the, that's not a place and uh, that's not a place where I'm looking. He may come up and be dominant. OK, so I mean, if you've got the vibe, people ask questions on Twitter all the time. And what I always kind of want to say back to them is, well, what do you think? You know, wh- I'll give you my opinion, but you got to go with your gut. So if you're f- like, hey, I want Mitch Keller. Go get Mitch Keller. For sure. For me, I get nervous about young pitchers who are on two-start weeks because there's few things as painful as picking somebody up for a two-start week and then their first start they give up eight runs. And then you spend the rest of the week just going, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, you're going to do it again. You're going to blow it again. So I just try to avoid situations like that.
0: Well, and it's not necessarily an easy two-start week either. He's at Cincinnati, which is not a great park. And then home versus Milwaukee and that lineup. So that was,
1: that was the thought process behind it for me that kind of tipped it. I mean, if he was doing the giants and the Marlins, absolutely, absolutely. But those two matchups in Cincinnati, you know, that, that offense is interesting and that ballpark is deadly. And then Milwaukee, look, if Yelich is healthy, that's a tough ball. That's a, that's a tough lineup too. So, you know, it's not that that was that was actually the key thing that tipped me from yeah, I'm interested to yeah, not so much. I'll let someone else spend their money on that.
0: Yeah, he was a guy that I was looking at targeting towards the end of that uh, that that draft last night, and someone else sniped him from me, and I went, you know, what, I'm okay with that. I'll I'll go a different direction, and I. Uh, Picked up Jeff Samarja, who's got a two-start week versus Baltimore in Miami. At Miami.
1: And that's, but is the Baltimore start in Baltimore or is it in San Francisco? Yeah,
0: both of them are on the road.
1: Uh, See, I'm telling you, so Baltimore, jeez, that ballpark. I know. It's a bad ballpark, but They're you know so you were right awful. about Samardzija. You were so right about Samarja at the beginning of the year, and I did. I remember you at one point you posted saying that one player I have on all my teams is Jeff Samarja, Which you, being a you know Giants fan, you're just gonna you like to root for your guy, and he's got great hair and all that stuff. But but I did say, you know what? Back at my draft, let me grab Samarja. Let me grab Samarja. I'll grab Samarja. So I ended up having him. Again, those Giants are terrible. They're just so but, bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's
0: okay. We have championships. You really do. Hold on to. I'm not that
1: that sorry. I'm okay.
0: Like, for me, it was with Samarja, he was, you know, he was the definition of a compiler. Like, you know, this Mm -hmm. was a guy that before the injury last year had thrown 200 innings in, like, six straight seasons. And while it's not always going to be great work, it's not going to be awful, and he's just going to, you know, the amount of strikeouts he can get in those 200-plus innings – is a huge amount, and you were getting him just as, like, the last starter, even last night. I mean, this is a guy who has got, what, like, a three-something ERA um, right now, and I got him, like, extremely late Mm. in this draft. uh, I I took him in the 22nd round.
1: Yeah, I, I still don't understand how Lucas Giolito lasted till the 14th. When was this draft?
0: It was last night.
1: Come on! Did nobody see what he just did? It was in in Houston.
0: It, it was a. I mean, all of these drafts because uh, we had an ADP for it last night, um, based on the eight previous drafts. But I mean, the whole thing was insane. Uh, you you'll have to you can see the the whole draft board on my on my Twitter. Um, but like, uh, yeah, it just the whole the whole thing was insane. I mean, I got Andrew Benatendi in the eighth round. The, the bottom of the eighth round of this draft. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, you know. Listen,
1: I'm, I'm not a Ben attendee guy. I'm not I either,
0: but at that point, it's at like. At that
1: point, he could, he could turn it around, and he could turn it on, and he does have the hit tool, and that whole team is just, just I don't know what's going on with that team. I mean, they're just, they're they're coming along. I mean, they're certainly better than they were at the beginning of the season. Yeah. But I, I, I think.
0: I, lo- I love my start in that league. I, I had the first pick, so I went Trout, Snell, Merrifield Blackman Bauer is my first five.
1: Yeah, that's great. That's great. So. And Snell is the real deal. There's no question about it. I mean, throwing ninety-six, ninety-seven from the left side, ace. He's he's the real deal. It's hard. You know, you do these dynasty rankings, I'm working on them, and I'm seeing how pitchers are just so darn fluid, which is one of the reasons why pitchers are so, you know, comparably low ranked in on my on my list coming into the season. And you look at somebody like Garrett Cole who I was really high on coming into the year. You know, is he still a, a top 25 dynasty player? No, he's not. I it's, mean,
0: it's hard to put a pitcher up there. I mean, with, it, with especially with the injury risk and like yeah. you said, I mean, things change year to year cuz pitching is hard and you know, things Yeah, change but Trevor very, Bauer. Very uh, yeah.
1: Trevor all of these guys. Yeah, and then, you know, the, Blake Snell is the is the one kind of young gun that as I'm looking at the list right now, as it is right now, um, I have Snell as the number one ranked pitcher in Dynasty.
0: Hmm, look I'm at okay that. Okay with that.
1: I don't, I'm not sure if it stays that way, but at least it's it's there right now and it and it makes a lot of sense. That's the other thing. These these things move like day to day. You know, I was so excited I had Springer pretty high coming into the year. Then he tears I, I had I moved him up, I think, in the top twenty and he tears a hamstring. I'm like, I guess I gotta drop him down.
0: You know. That's what I loved about doing when when Paul and I do our uh, our rankings podcasts is it, it actually challenges me to move guys around and, and uh, because he'll he'll say something I hadn't thought about or challenge me on a rank of my guy and and all of a sudden I'm moving it but yeah him and I both are uh, very <laughs> we have very fluid rankings and we're constantly changing yeah. them all the way through uh, or up until uh, post time so. Uh, speaking of pitchers and guys who are a little bit volatile, uh, David Price gets pulled in the first inning. Uh, it seemed very, very uh, scary because he had uh, of v- very reduced velocity in, in the first two-thirds of that inning. Um, but apparently uh, the, the Red Sox are saying that it was flu-like symptoms, not anything to do with his arms. How afraid right now are you of David Price?
1: No, I mean, no. I mean, he was sick. You're sick and you're not, you know. I've been sick. I, I've called you when you're sick mm-hmm. and you're but I just still like, I, I, I get, yeah, through, but I get you, through
0: all nine innings.
1: You, you, yes, but you're instead of you throwing your typical 97, you're throwing 88, 88, and that makes a difference in the major leagues. That's
0: uh, just we're just still I'm focusing on the change-up. It's not like, yeah, a, that's you fair. Know,
1: Totally fair. You're to like, hey, second. I'm going to throw some junk. I'll throw a slider. Here comes a nasty forkball. Nobody says forkball anymore. <laughs> um, no, uh, David Price is not somebody who I'm worried about anymore than I was. I was worried about him in his first start of the week on Monday, and he came out and he pitched five great innings, and I was like, oh, good, David Price. Glad I, glad I put him in my lineup. I have him in one of my dynasty leagues. And it's one of the fun things about having players. You know, if you have him on one team, even if your opponent has him on, like, you know, you're fighting him in different places on in this league and uh, that guy has him. If you have him in a league, it doesn't matter because it just feels good to improve in, in that particular league. Um so David Price, no, I mean he's he's a he's a good pitcher on a really good team.
0: Uh Kyle Seeger was activated from the uh I think the sixty day IL I wanna say. Uh
1: any uh, thoughts
0: on him rest of the way? I mean this is obviously spells the end for uh Healy. At third
1: base, but. Jeez. It it spells the end for Kyle Seager at third base, too. I mean, whatever. Fine. Sure. If you are in a 15-team league and you got a corner infield spot and you want to throw two bucks on him, he's coming off the IL, sure you can. But he's still, he's going to, he's really, yeah, he's not that great. He's just not that great. He's just not that great. He's not somebody who I'm terribly excited about. Yes, it's possible he could come back and he could get hot. Um, but I wouldn't I wouldn't break the bank for him. No. Even if you're a Ryan Healy owner. I, I would be more keen to see if Brian Anderson can keep this up.
0: Yeah, I think the only thing really interesting about Kyle Seeger is his contract. Because his contract is massive and they can't move it. Um yeah. because he hasn't he has a option in his uh in his contract, that uh, if he if he's traded, it automatically increases up to twenty million dollars. His two thousand twenty-two yeah. uh, team option it becomes a player option and goes to twenty million. Uh, yeah, um, nobody's s- doing that. Yeah, and so no one is taking on that that, <laughs> that contract, no. um, which means he's gonna play every day in Seattle. Uh, so, like like you said, fifteen team leagues, uh, AL only. Uh, yeah, AL only for sure, definitely. Uh, he's that's, a, that's a great opportunity. And with the amount of injuries there have been, there may be teams that have dropped him, uh, didn't want to wait. So just go check your waiver wire and your deeper formats. But I think that's about it. Jimmy. Yeah, in a twelve-team
1: league, I'm staying away.
0: Yeah, me too. I, I think there's just too many options right now. Uh, Jimmy Nelson was activated and then optioned. Uh, please talk me off the ledge because I have lots of shares of Jimmy Nelson.
1: Nope. Oh me. no. Sorry. I mean, you talk me on the ledge because for me, Jimmy Nelson is I mean, I, he's not a guy who, uh, you know, he was out all last year. He was pretty good the year before, but I don't see Jimmy Nelson as a as a as a difference maker. Um, it's a good team. And if he can get the lead and get to the eighth, get to the seventh, the eighth, he 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 could get a win. But, I, you know, he's not somebody again. Lance Lynn is available in all leagues, um, not all, but many leagues. And uh, Lance Lim would be the place that I would be putting my, my dollars.
0: Yeah. See, I I love Jimmy Nelson and I, I, I love the step he took, uh, forward in 2017, uh, um, especially being able to, uh, get out hitters from both sides of the plate. It's just, uh, I was very, you know, obviously, you know, losing the season to the shoulder injury, uh, especially because it had nothing to do with pitching and stupidly jumping back into a base. I still have a lot of faith, especially because that Brewers rotation is not very good, and they no, I think they need right. him. So,
1: but see, I wouldn't start him straight away. Like I would let him, I would let him get his feet back under him. Because well, I think that's
0: I mean, why they optioned him was to kind of give him a chance to just get a little bit sharper.
1: I mean, what do you think Jimmy Nelson can bring to the table through to the end of this season? I mean, what's his? What are his numbers?
0: I think he could throw like seventy-five innings with. Uh, you know, twenty-five percent strikeout rate and like a three-six, three-seven ERA.
1: Okay. Well, um, <laughs>
0: you, you don't buy that at all. Huh? I mean, <laughs> I
1: no. I mean, no, I don't. Okay. I, I think it's I think it's hard to come back. I mean, maybe I, I could be wrong. Certainly, I've his been video wrong. Video pretty-
0: from his rehab starts l- looks pretty promising.
1: I okay, mean, I good. Will say like I, you but,
0: know, but not, I'm not doing is- it blindly.
1: You know, put throwing guys into your. I, I like throwing. I like picking up guys and sitting them on my bench, right? I like, like uh, I, you, you pick up the guy. I have a good feeling about this guy, but I don't want to throw him right into my lineup because if I throw him right into my lineup and I'm wrong, then it's gonna really explode my ratios, um, and that's a concern. But hey, if I, I, I have not seen the film of him at AAA, uh, so maybe, maybe he's ready. Uh, look, Andrew Heaney. Is coming back. He's a guy, if, if he, what Heaney did in his rehab start on Tuesday, I think it was Tuesday, he, he went four and a third, struck out 10. And I went, and I own him in Tout Wars and I've, I stashed him. I bought him in the auction for $2. And because it's got unlimited, uh, unlimited injured list players, I was going to say disabled list, injured list players, unlimited. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to stick him down there and I'm going to see what we get. Out of him moving forward, and uh, and look, I, I, I'm I saw what he did in AAA. I saw what he did in his rehab start, and I said, okay, I'm going to start him on Sunday. So there are exceptions to that, but typically I like to sit, see how they do when they get back to the big show.
0: I don't think that's a bad idea, either. and I and I love Heaney so. You're not going to get any uh, any arguments from me uh, on starting Heaney uh, today. Uh, I'm I'm super excited to activate him in in all the leagues that I have him in because I think I've got him in seven of my sixteen or well no eighteen now leagues. Sounds about <laughs> right. So, <laughs> all right, that's going to do it for the uh, notable transactions. Uh, we're going to bust through some fab guys. Uh, most of them are uh, call-ups. So again, back in your neck of the woods and in, in your specialties, uh, some of these minor league guys and, and prospects. Kevin Biggio. He, he's a he, he's the son of Craig Biggio. He's yeah. in the major leagues. One, I mean, you're a little bit older than me, um, so I'm sure you're struggling with yeah. this uh, as I am. Does it bother you having drafted? Uh, players dads and then draft no them. okay no it bothers me maybe it's because no. i'm like now it's all now about I'm feeling my age
1: yeah but see the thing about you're young michael corleone that's what i always tease you i say you're the young godfather of the fantasy baseball world that in 30 years it's gonna be two, maybe less it'll be justin mason running everything um but, but you know, for me, it's about life, life, getting older. It's about accomplishment. It's about what you've been able to do in your life. And so for me, I don't worry about getting older. I kind of am like, cool, I'm glad I'm getting older. It gives me a little bit more say in the world. Because when you're younger, you want to tell everybody what to do. And when you get a little bit older, you get to tell at least your kids what to do, which is positive. Um, and you have a little bit more say in the world. So for me, no, I think it's great. I think, it's, I, I, I think the Blue Jays are interesting in that way. Uh, I, I believe in bloodlines. But when it comes to guys like Biggio, you know the upside isn't ridiculous high. It's a it's a nice player, but there's also a chance that he doesn't get that much time. And I wouldn't want to be blowing a tremendous amount of my Fab money, especially at this point when people are probably down to at least half of their Fab. So if you're going to go all in on Craig on Calvin Biggio, it's going to be um, you're going to have to spend 140 of a thousand to get him, I think. And maybe, I mean, if you've got, if you haven't been spending and you say, all right, I, I think this bigio kid can be the guy I'd feel more excited about it and would spend more money if it was Bo Bichette coming up. Cause I think, uh, Bichette has more, uh, ability. I think that people get so excited and understandably, look, we look, saw what Juan Soto did last year. We saw what, Uh, And Soto more than Acuna because Acuna we were drafting last year coming into the season. But then Soto comes up out of nowhere and is a dominant top 25 player. In fact, I remember being on the show with you guys talking about what we thought Soto was going to be. And I was like, I think Soto's for real. I think this guy's – but that was a special bat. I don't get the idea that is a special bat. I think he's a fine player. Um, But there are other guys who I can get for maybe a tenth of the price that might even give me more – uh, give me more uh, points if you're in a points league or numbers if you're in a roto league. So, you know, th- these are the guys. It's fun to get them and it's f- great fun when it works out. But, you know, everyone was going crazy over Carter Keyboom three weeks ago and dropping $400 on Carter Keeboom with Brian Dozier still sitting at second base and Trey Turner on his way back. You know, we, we, you got to think about who else is coming, who else is there. I'm not sure that Biggio has has the spot.
0: Yeah, I think he could hold a kind of a super utility role, but they seem to really love Brandon Drury for some reason.
1: Yeah, they so, do. Uh,
0: like and Lourdes Gurriel
1: too. I mean, yeah. Lourdes Gurriel and is and up too.
0: Aaron Sogard too. and just it's like they've just got all these weird Freddie Galvis. Yeah. yeah.
1: So I mean, I mean, they
0: could play Biggio in the outfield, and they mm-hmm. they did option uh, what Teoscar Hernandez. Yeah. At the same time, I don't think he necessarily has a caring tool that makes him super interesting. Yeah. Uh Agreed. at least for this year, I think I think long term be a good ball player. Yeah, yeah. I think he's going to be one of those guys that is probably like a 15-15 guy with, you know, like a 280 average, which is great. Uh, you know, most years, you know, maybe not when the ball's flying out of the park uh when I hit it. Um but uh, for this year, it just—I I don't know that he's got a tremendous amount of upside in uh, no. the major league. I mean,
1: and maybe he does, but the question becomes the cost. Everything is the cost. Everything is about yeah. He might be a really good player. If out of a thousand dollars, if I can get him for forty-one dollars and take the you know take a chance on him, sure. and he comes through, yeah. that's no problem because then I'm going to have to cut yeah. him. No problem.
0: If you're dropping one hundred and fifty bucks on Calvin Bugio, you're doing it wrong.
1: I may I, I I won't go so far. I'll just say that if you're spending $150 on Biggio in my league, I'm glad you've just lost $150. So maybe it's not that different than what you're saying. Yeah, no, it's
0: not. It's not uh, that different. What about yeah. Kevin Cron? Uh another bloodline. Uh the the, the brother, younger brother of CJ Cron. Uh son
1: like, of and the son of somebody else Cron who I can't think of his name right now. Is that so true? Real, is there a third Yeah, yeah. Kron? His dad played. Yeah, his dad was a uh, was a Chris big masher. Kron? Yeah, it sounds right. I think we're going to go with Chris Kron. Um, um, yeah, it looks.
0: And there like... was
1: a, there was a five minute period there where that Kron was pretty interesting. I for, I remember, and I, I wasn't even playing fantasy back then. I just remember the player.
0: Yeah, Kevin it doesn't Cron. look like he was interesting by his fan grasp page,
1: but yeah, but 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 Kevin Kron, look, I mean, he is absolutely playing at ten thousand feet, so you know the the ball is 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 more is going out even more. But he, I think he's going to get some opportunity. And he's a guy who actually I would spend a little bit more than on Vigio.
0: Yeah. I, I agree with you. I, I think, uh, I mean, he's definitely benefited uh, a bit from his AAA park, which, for those who don't know, the Diamondbacks play in Reno, where the ball uh, tends to fly, though. I mean, it tends to fly in all of the PCL parks for the most part. Uh, he's done a very good job of controlling the strike zone over the last few years, and he's hit at least 21 home runs in each. Of his, or sorry, at least twenty-two home runs in each of his last four seasons in the minor leagues, and that doesn't include the twenty-one he already hit. In that's uh, a lot of home runs. Yeah, this that's a year. lot of home so, runs, and he did it Man. this year with a thirteen percent walk rate. I mean, he's just crushing the ball. Uh, Walker is slowed down. Christian Walker slowed down quite a bit, so I think yep. you're right that Cron could get some run here, um, and he's he's not a you know he's not a young prospect he's 26 years old uh like there's no reason for him to be in the minor leagues they need to see this is a team that needs to see what they have in some of yep. these older prospects so i actually yeah i think i would maybe put out like a 50 60 bid on him and a $1000 fab and and hope to land him I, you know i'm not going to go That's what overboard. i did on
1: Thursday night i put $53 down on, on and i got but that was Thursday. Uh, now it's Sunday. So you may have to go a little bit higher. But um, I think I put down $6 on Biggio and somebody spent $150. And I thought, okay, I got the guy I wanted at 53. Because I, I do think he, he – he he, but he could absolutely flame out in two weeks and be back down in the minor leagues. And we're like, okay, you're a quad A player and that's what it is. But he also could go for, go on a run. and um, And that team will give him more opportunity, I think.
0: Uh, another guy, another first baseman, though I think he is eligible in most leagues in the outfield because he's been yeah. kind of bouncing around as the Padres try to figure out a spot for him. Josh Naylor makes uh, his major league debut, um, and I think he's uh, he's gone three for ten so far uh, with the Padres. This may just been a product of the fact that they were playing in American League Park against Kansas City and they needed a DH. Uh, but so you
1: played him in the outfield. I think, you know what I think he is? I think he's trade bait. I think he's always been trade bait. I think that they're thinking I'm going to go trade for Trevor Bauer and we're going to give him tier. nearly we're going to give him, um, we're going to give him Josh Naylor. We're going to give him Manuel Margot and we're going to give him, uh, a pitcher, <laughs> not, not Paddock, uh, not Mackenzie Gore. Espinosa. And, uh, Yeah, exactly. Actually, that's who that's who it should be. Mm -hmm. And we'll give you a package for Bauer or we're going to give you a package for even even for uh, for Bumgarner Mm -hmm. Uh, would make would make a good amount of sense. So Uh, I would take that. (laughs) Yeah, there's no and they wouldn't give that much for Bumgarner because it's a a small rental. But there is there is uh, so much more. Um, there's so, there's so, there's so many mouths to feed in San Diego, even if he stays up, I just, you know, they're talking, I, I read someplace that he might be the, the bigger side of the platoon with Hunter Renfro. Why? Hunter yeah, Renfro, well, is, I don't know
0: why Renfro doesn't get full time playing time. It's, yeah,
1: I mean, he's he's doing it all right now and he's coming into his own. So That's why I think I, I, I do think that Naylor is back down soon. I think he's 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 not somebody who I could be wrong again. Um, but my, my instinct says that he's up just to show, hey, look what he can do. Don't you want him on your team? Because there's no space for him on my team. Because we've got Eric Cosmer, and we've got Will Myers, and we've got uh, Fran Mil Reyes, and those guys are not going anywhere. Well, Myers could go, and Myers, thank God, finally had a day yesterday. My goodness gracious me. Maybe this will be the start of something. Um, I had traded for him in Tout Wars. I traded uh, Brandon Nimmo and uh, Pablo Lopez for uh, Will Myers and some fab money. Well, I that guess about a
0: <laughs> portion of it didn't work out real well for whoever you trade him to. So
1: yeah, yeah, it didn't unfortunately. But uh, but Myers hasn't been doing much either. But I've been he's been in my lineup every every time, and he'll continue to be there because look, he's a former number one, number two. I think at the time when he was there, he was number two prospect behind Dylan Bundy. Well, um, one
0: rookie of the year, so I think you'd call him. Uh, a number one prospect, uh, or yeah, no, close he, to it. So,
1: yeah, he was. It's an interesting guy. He's an interesting guy. I, I, I keep waiting for Will Myers to break out. Well, I really did.
0: do. He did two years ago or three years yeah. ago. when Twenty eight, twenty eight, and then thirty, twenty. Um, injuries have obviously uh, uh, hurt him, and I also I think playing in the outfield messes with him. I, I, I think, think you're dead on right. I think he. I think it's one of the things we don't talk about enough is that guys get. Uh, When they're playing out of position defensively, it affects their entire game
1: absolutely that's what we talk about on under the radar that's the that's the under the radar stuff that we discuss on a daily basis there's a plane going overhead if you can hear um, my house is being uh, assaulted by Delta Airlines it seems um, but that's something we talk about on under the radar all the time is, that, is inside inside the minds of these players and Will Myers look if you if they that, that Hosmer deal I remember when it came out and it gave him the money and it wasn't that much money to be honest and I at the time I said you know what he's gonna to bring some leadership to the table which i think he has but i did think at the time it's going to screw with will myers and so last year they're playing around with him playing third base,
0: third base yeah no, and i didn't get he, that either
1: that's really hard to do man yeah play third base in the major leagues and you so what are you focusing all your attention on are you focusing on hitting the baseball are you focusing every you know your every waking thought is how, that ball's going to be coming at my head really fast so I I definitely agree with you and I think that there's going to be a moment where Myers gets moved and they somebody does the right thing and puts him at first base and then for the next six or seven years you're going to get some really good production out of him
0: yeah no I completely agree uh I and I agree with you as far as Josh Naylor goes unless you are starting a gang and then obviously Josh Nay, uh, Naylor's knife skills need to be on your fantasy team
1: I don't know what that reference is, but you don't. I'm... You
0: don't know what that reference is. No, I
1: don't. Did he pull a knife?
0: Josh Naylor stabbed his teammate. Oh, um, in back in, in uh, 2016 when he was when he was with Miami. Yeah, he <laughs> he, he stabbed uh, Stone Garrett, um, in what was called a quote unquote prank. Um, he okay, stabbed-
1: I, that 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 missed my radar I mean, the guy's yeah. name This is
0: the reason. This is the reason Miami traded him for nothing. They wanted him off their team. Hey, that matters.
1: You know, I learned something this past week about Adam Eaton and how, you know, that Adam Eaton trade where Giolito came back and Reynaldo Lopez came back. And this whole Todd Frazier, Adam Eaton business, which we talked about under the radar because that's kind of fun stuff that we like to talk about too beyond like who we should be picking up is the, the fact that the Nationals, every member, every member of the White Sox just hated Eaton. They just hated him. <laughs> and they were like, get him off the team. And that's under discussed. That's yeah. You know? Puig, same thing. I know you guys love your Puig. I love Puig. I know you and Paul both love Puig, and we've gotten into arguments because I just call him Knucklehead Central because he's Knucklehead Central. Um, I'm sure he's a very nice man, but he's not somebody I want on any of my baseball. I don't want him on the New York Yankees. Same thing I said about Bryce Harper. No thank you. Pass. No thank you. Because those kinds of players don't help teams win. They, they, see,
0: but here, I disagree with Puig uh, in in that regard because – I think while he may be a headache for the front office or the manager, I I think his teammates probably like him. I mean, this is a guy. I think who... his
1: teammates probably don't. Oh, I yeah. think his teammates. I think that Clayton Kershaw said that the team is a lot better off because the Yasiel Puig is Man. not Kershaw's on a team a <laughs>
0: Kershaw's team. <more,
1: laughs> Kershaw's a Hall of Fame player and a winning player. Yeah. I'm going to take I'm going to take Clayton Kershaw's opinion of a player ahead of almost anybody else How who's playing dare baseball. Dare you? <laughs> Sorry, pal. I know. I, if Paul were here, he'd be muting me right now. He'd be like, no, no, you do not speak that way about my man.
0: No, uh, but, yeah. Pu- 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 I, I love Puig, but. Yeah, speaker uh, in the bus. I mean, he, you know, the the whole, you know, clubhouse chemistry thing. Well, I don't necessarily buy into a ton of it necessarily. I mean, there are reasons why some of these guys. Avisel Garcia, you know, got traded because of an off the field incident with a teammate. Christine. Oh, yeah. A sale got,
1: got traded because got some jerseys. Up jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> you probably should trade that kid. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's trade that guy. And that is a, an interesting trade. That will that will be one of the big trades that we'll talk about in years when we see what Kopack actually is. No, but inside but th- that kind of stuff, I, I've talked about Kopack before, right? Kopack was engaged to a woman who was on a reality show, and I saw an interview of Kopack. By some guy in an airport and literally within four seconds of the interview beginning, the fiance came in and started telling the interviewer that Kopech was the greatest going to be the greatest pitcher in the American League this year, next year and for the next 20 years. And I literally, literally went to my computer and offered Kopech in a trade for Trevor Bauer. I offered I gave Polanco, Kopech and a third round pick for Trevor Bauer it was last year in May and it had everything to do with that Because I think character matters in baseball, and I got Bauer, and Bauer's a knucklehead too. Unfortunately, but I love
0: love Bauer. (laughs) Bauer's,
1: that that guy, that that guy needs to stop making
0: videos now. And oh, just, I love the videos. The like, videos are no. great. It's the video's... killing
1: my fantasy team. It's killing my <laughs> dynasty team. Every time he gives up seven runs, I'm like, I, God, just, just stop with you know, stop playing between two ferns, would you?
0: <laughs> be... Between
1: two ferns with Trevor Bauer.
0: I mean, he's definitely a knucklehead, but man, I, I do enjoy it. I, I don't, I, I, I don't enjoy like his uh, some of his rants he goes on on Twitter and stuff like that. No. Uh, no. But I, I definitely, I enjoy him as kind of a personality.
1: I, I get that, I get that I just don't think it helps his baseball play And then there was I, But one I think it's good like,
0: for the overall game Like like baseball well, needs personalities like that To like really entertain Because I think that's the one thing that baseball Has had a hard time doing Is connecting with uh, Especially the younger generations And I think a guy like Bauer Is one of those guys who can Okay, that's a good point
1: I'll I'll, I'll give you that I'll give you that. I, and I, I was on the outside. Typically, I don't like the bat flips and everything, but I thought the Tim Anderson bat flip was pretty cool. <laughs> and I, I I do think that if you – if I want to put out an idea. I don't know if you guys have discussed it on the show. I may not have caught it. But I think if you throw at a baseball player, if you intentionally throw a pitch to try to hurt a guy, I think you should be suspended for more than five games. Oh, I think you should sure. – I think you should get a thirty-game suspension, and I think that that part of baseball should go.
0: Yeah, because I mean, it's—I mean, quite literally, it's assault with a deadly weapon. I mean, mm-hmm. one one day someone is going to get killed on a baseball field because they let these guys throw at each other like this. That's
1: right. I, I agree with that. And yesterday it was uh, the ninth inning, and Osuna was pitching. Oh, I'm sorry, I popped with my. Puh. Osuna was pitching against Mookie Betts. And it was a uh, first and third. Two outs, tie score. Osuna had already given up two runs and blown the save, and he came up and in on Betts, and Betts got out of the way, and it was it was close, but it wasn't like super close. And Osuna looked at Betts and just tapped his chest and goes, "My bad, sorry." And Betts tipped his hat at him, and to me, that was one of the best moments in baseball because it's like, why, you know, I don't like when guys. If you almost hit a guy in the head and then you look at him tough, go go f yourself, man. You you know I, I thought D Gordon was a little bit over the top with Jay Happ, you know this is my family I, I I don't think that that was there I don't think that there was intention behind that pitch, but I do think that the guys who do throw at other other hitters, it's sort of a, a symbol of where we are as human beings at this point. I just don't think it's the way to go. I think that those rules should be changed.
0: I I completely agree with you, and I you know honestly in for at least for half the league it's kind of chicken shit because in the American League you as a pitcher you're never going to stand in the box. Yeah. You know, and so to, you know, (laughs) to just throw at a dude knowing that you're never that someone else on your team is going to suffer the brunt of that is just ridiculous. And, you know, and and guys like Hunter Strickland, who wait two years to go after Bryce Harper, uh, it's just it's just so it's so childish and so juvenile and
1: uh, and dangerous um, and dangerous. If I became commissioned,
0: someone's going to get killed one day.
1: Commissioner of baseball, there's the first two things I'm doing is putting up these screens where these nets all over the fields, which we have at Yankee Stadium, and are absolutely fine. There's no problem with that. And it's it, it, we had a little nine-year-old girl who, a screaming line drive, hit her in the head uh, two years ago. And that's what cha- finally changed them. And now, every time yesterday in Pittsburgh, um, I think it was Brian Reynolds, hit a rocket uh into the stands and everyone was like, Oh no, it was Jock Peterson. And he hit a rocket into the stands and everyone's like looking over like, is anyone dead? Is anyone dead? What are we talking about? Just put up the damn nets. It doesn't, it does not affect watching the game. Your eyes get used to it and it could save somebody's life. Yep. So stop throwing at people and put up nets. That's it.
0: There we My go. My job
1: here. Job as commissioner is done.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to step off the soapbox and continue with our fab. Scott Oberg is going to inherit the closing role with Wade Davis, On the uh, 10-day IL with an oblique injury, are you investing in Scott Oberg if you need saves?
1: depends on the format. Um, And like in Tout Wars that I'm playing in the head-to-head points league, closers are extremely valuable in that format. So even getting him for two, three weeks really brings value to your team. Um, So, yeah, but I think Davis comes back. I also think the closer in Colorado was a dangerous position to – to be in because you know, you're still pitching in Colorado and oftentimes those games are not four to three. They're 12 to four you know, somebody gets, somebody gets the lead and, and it sort of, so it's rare. It's it's not like a regular baseball game where a closer comes in and finishes the game. So, I mean, yeah, sure. If you need, if you need saves and someone needs saves you, or if you play in a number of leagues, there's a team, there's a team that you have that needs saves. Sure. Grab Scott Oberg for a couple of weeks, but don't, don't, don't spend through the roof. You know, you, you I, when it comes to closers, I, I try to grab guys that I think are going to be able to hold the job longer. And those are the guys who you spend. But going back to the original draft, that's why it's so valuable to get guys like uh, Jansen Chapman, guys who aren't going to lose their jobs. Uh, It's worth, it's worth to me, it's worth the capital to get those guys.
0: Yeah. And to your point, uh, Wade Davis only has seven saves this year and he's been the only closer in, uh, in Colorado up until this point. Uh, just because of the, that Rocky, that thin Rocky air, we tend to sometimes see a lot of kind of blowout games uh, one way or another. I mean, if you're desperate for saves, Oberg's going to have the job probably for the next three to six weeks would be my guess. Mm. Cause it is an oblique injury. So, and yeah. those tend to, you know, take a little bit more time sometimes coming back from uh, that being said, He could have two blow up outings in Colorado, and all of a sudden, Mike Dunn is getting the work.
1: That's right. Or O is getting the work. I mean, that's, that's, and it's very likely that you're going to blow up in Colorado. I, Wade Davis, when he signed in Colorado, I owned him in a dynasty league, and I just traded him the next day. I was like, well, that's that. I mean, you know, there's no use for that. And he, he was pretty good last year, but I I just think it's this year,
0: but yeah. Uh, yeah. Seven saves. Yeah, seven saves. Yeah, that hurts a little bit, especially considering when you see, you know, you know, a lot of the other closers who went around him are, are in double digits or even double seven. So
1: Kirby Yates, baby,
0: he's been great. Oh, he's he one of my my better picks this year. <laughs>
1: and and there's a, and there's also something to be said for teams that aren't that good, right? Who aren't going to score that many runs. You're in close games, you know, and Kirby Yates is coming in and locking them down.
0: Man, he's yeah, he's been fantastic. Uh, Sean Newcomb got a save. Oddly enough, they've moved the the Braves move him out of the rotation and into a uh, into a relief role. Right now, it looks like Luke Jackson is the guy still. But are you investing at all in Sean Newcomb?
1: Yeah, I am a little bit on the outside because you can get him cheap. I mean, that's the other thing is like Oberg is going to cost you. Newcomb. I still think Krimbrill's going to go to the Braves. I it just makes too. the most and sense.
0: That's, I mean, it just seems June second. Uh, Kimbrel and Keichel can sign without any draft pick uh, attached. Which is and, annoying. Which yeah, is annoying that we had to wait process, so long. Yeah. so it's, bad. It's awful for them, you know, especially Keichel, because, like, how long is it going to take Keichel now to ramp up? I mean, at least, at least, or uh, yeah, at least Kimbrel. He's only going to be pitching one inning at a time. Uh, yeah. he can do a lot of his ramping up in the major leagues. Uh is probably gonna miss another month after he signs.
1: You would have to think. You would have to think that he's gonna I mean, you you know these guys are working out on the side and but it's gonna be different. I mean, but even somebody want like o- them
0: to pitch, you know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And Otani, like look at Otani. I mean, it's really taking him so much time to sort of get everything back. And I think in the next couple of weeks you're gonna see the Otani that that he brought to the table last year as a hitter, but it takes time, you know. Baseball is I mean.
0: a timing sport, and when you're out of rhythm, uh, it, when you have layoffs, it, it can take a little bit to get things going. And uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't want anything to do with Keichel, especially Kimbrel. Uh, I, you know, Colin Weatherwax in in my draft last night, he 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 sniped uh, sniped Kimbrel uh, at a pretty decent spot. Uh, let me let me find it. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, I, it was one of those where I, like, I wasn't even honestly thinking about it. He got him in the 12th round. Yeah. So he, he, good. he took him, uh, about six picks before Greg Holland went and about four picks after Jose Leclerc.
1: Yeah. Leclerc's going to come back and get that job back. I've, I've, I've held him everywhere. Cause I, I in all my dynasty leagues and keeper leagues, he's just. He's just really good. I think well, he just got
0: gave him that contract too. So like they yeah. have to, they have to kind of give him another shot at that. So. Yeah,
1: yeah. But we know what we know about him is he, he's just a really good pitcher. He can be a really good pitcher, and he, he's gonna he's gonna get that job back. I, I worry if Texas does trade Mike Miner, um, because I I think Mike Miner is happy and comfortable and just dominating. It's been so much fun to watch. So great, so great. love him. Love him. I've loved him for years. It was in 2017 where I really got back on the on board with him when he became the closer for the Kansas City Royals for that last uh, five weeks. And he was just absolutely lights out, just lights out. And I was just like, get Mike Miner wherever you can. And then he signs with, with uh, Texas and really struggled to start last year. And I had to drop him in a bunch of places. But I was able to hold him and get him in some dynasties, which has been, you know, when you look up and Mike Miner's got 13 strikeouts in eight innings, that's just really – it's like are good. Well,
0: and he's it's going f- deep at, you know, almost every time, yeah. too, which has been a big thing for him.
1: Same with Ryu. And, mm-hmm. you know, we haven't spoken about Ryu. He's not on the list. But, I, man, what Ryu is bringing to the table – I was watching him a little bit last night, and he wasn't quite as sharp. But he still threw five innings. He had 58 pitches. You know? that That's really helpful. To be able to control, to control how many pitches you're going to throw, it's really Ryu, helpful. I know.
0: Ryu, I mean, it's not about the talent with him; it's about yeah. can he stay on the mound.
1: Yeah, you yeah, and I mean? right now he is, and right now he's a top ten pitcher.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, sk- straight skills-wise, I think he is a top ten pitcher. I just. Over under seventy five more innings for you this
1: year. Over. I'm just going to go over because I love him and because <laughs> I own him and because he's helping me. And so yes, he, over. He hasn't, he
0: hasn't had more than 126 and two thirds. No, no, and I know 2014. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I drafted him. I got him in towed in the auction for four dollars. And then I traded for him the next day in the RotoWire uh, staff keeper league. And Clay Link calls me and goes, "Why are you doing so much for you, man?" And I said. Because if for the 130 innings that he's going to pitch, he's going to be one of the best pitchers in baseball. And for the other 70 innings, I'll find somebody. But he's not hurt yet. And he's, well, he's helping me. Well, right? hurt and help- once. Right. He wa- yeah, it's true. He was. So that was his one-time hurt. There and he's going mean, to give us a hundred. If 100- that
0: was it, then, I mean, if you can get another hundred innings out of Ryu, you're going to be feeling pretty good. Though, I will say, and uh, I think I mentioned this on some pod, it might have been this one, we don't know what, you know Ryu looks like when he's gone over 130 innings cuz he hasn't done it in you know uh, 5 years
1: he's in his absolute prime he's 32 years old
0: I know, he's been he's in this league fatigue he, he, well, ha- he hasn't thrown that many innings you in know I think he's going to be
1: okay i think he's going to be okay right. I mean, nando and i got into a huge argument about this 2 weeks ago and then Ryu pitched the no-hitter or almost no-hitter and he's like uh, maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm wrong <laughs> about that I have to give you that.
0: I mean, his skills are elite right now. So Yeah,
1: absolutely. And in the best team, and one of the three best teams in baseball. You know, and that we have to be we have to be more conscious of that. You know, Ryu, any pitcher for the Houston Astros, that's where you're gonna get your wins. Wade Miley. Wade Miley sucks, okay? No, he doesn't. And not only doesn't he suck, he's gone to Houston, where they teach them to be better than they ever were before, and he's winning games because he's got the best team in baseball behind him. Without even Jordan Alvarez in his lineup.
0: Uh, let's let's talk real quick about Lance Lynn. He's got a two start week this week, and so I think he'll be a popular pickup. Uh, you already mentioned that you would prefer him over a guy like Mitch Keller. How much money would yeah. you put on Lance Lynn?
1: Out of a thousand, I would put. Oh man, I got to do this tonight and tout. But okay, I would do. I'm a believer, by the way, that you give all the information. I think I would do sixty five out of a thousand pretty comfortably. Uh, And if I needed a pitcher and if, you know, if I would go more, I don't actually know if I'm going to bid on him because I got so many pitchers in that league right now. Um, But, uh, but I believe in, I believe in, I've believed in Lance Lynn for a number of years, going back to his St. Louis time. Um, He's a guy who, if he's feeling it and feeling comfortable, he's got great stuff. And he, he, he does. And right now he's feeling it and he's pitching Great. Now Texas is about to get hot, and when Texas gets hot, balls start flying out of ballpark. So I think that that's something to be concerned about. But it's not that hot yet, and uh, I'm he's pitching in Seattle, and I don't I don't remember what his second start oh, was versus Kansas
0: City, which is, not, is yeah, man, that's thing, so. a come
1: on, that's that's I mean, although I like Kansas City's lineup quite a bit, but strikes I, you know, out a ton, yeah, and he strikes people out. He's a strikeout pitcher, and he's not and taking them-
0: people right now.
1: It's taken him a little while to come back from Tommy John, and now he's back. So he's definitely, if he's sitting out on your waiver wire in a 15-team league, he's worth spending on. In a 12-team league, he's worth spending on.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so, yeah, I'm, I, I would get behind Lance Lynn.
0: I, I would as well, especially for, for those two starts. I mean, Seattle has been pretty dreadful since that ho- yeah. hot start, and Kansas City does strike out quite a bit. I think Lynn is, is my top two-start pitcher uh, target this week. Uh let's uh we're running up on an hour but I definitely want to talk just real quick about your dynasty ranks and kind of your process and how people can apply them because I think uh it's one thing to look at somebody's ranks uh just in redraft leagues it's and then it's another thing to learn how to apply that f- to your actual leagues and then dynasty is a whole different animal so uh l- let's start with how do you balance present day value versus your future value in these ranks
1: uh, future value means a lot because what, what I always look at it as is trade value. That's what I do. I say, who would I take in a deal, right? So where is Raul Mondesi right now? Right now, Raul Mondesi is pretty darn high. Um, or Freddie Freeman or Victor Robles or Eloy Jimenez. So somebody like Eloy Jimenez in a redraft league, maybe he's a top 80 player, top 100 player. But in a dynasty league, for me, he's a top 20, he's number 23 on my list today. That could change by the end of the week. But he's gonna provide you 18 years of value, 15 years of value. So how does that compare to someone like George Springer? Springer's gonna give you seven or eight more years of value. Now, there's still a question. Maybe Eloy is not gonna be for real. So you gotta, I'm balancing all of these different ideas. Where, you know, who, who, what am I gonna get for this guy? What would I have to give up to get him? What would somebody have to give me to get this guy? You know, someone like Juan Soto, you know, I have Soto now as my number five player in baseball. Well, he's not the number five player in a redraft, but he's 20 years old, folks. I just sound like Joe Biden. He's 20 years old, folks.
0: (laughs) You're going to get at least 15 to 18 years worth of production from Juan Soto. of production
1: out of him. So, you know, someone like that. You know, and Vlad Guerrero, he's an interesting, he's an interesting guy. So another thing that I'm keeping in mind with Vlad is, you know, they didn't no one really discuss this much. Um, but to me, part of the reason why he was down for so long, he had the oblique injury or whatever, maybe he didn't have an oblique injury. He came in probably about twenty pounds heavier than he is right now. And I remember looking at him. I had just traded for him in a in a keeper league. The the staff keeper league. I put together a package and I got him. I have him for the next seven years, which is super fun. But where is he going? Is he going to turn into Prince Fielder? You know, I is he don't... is he going to grow? Is he going to grow out of his body?
0: I mean, maybe down the line he does. Yeah, but I mean, as long as he's healthy, I mean, Prince Fielder, even as a big dude, was still a premier talent hitter. I, yeah, I do, but I do he think...
1: wasn't the best. He wasn't as good as he would have been had he been in. You well, know premier because, shape
0: it, because he got hurt, I mean it, it, well
1: you get hurt when you're not in great shape,
0: this is true I, I will say that, but it, or I will agree with that, but I mean, even when he got big, like he was still I mean hitting you know twenty to thirty bombs with a three hundred average uh it just it it was the back issue, but
1: the back issue comes from being overweight I mean. That that's where it comes from because when you're not, I'm not in the best shape of my life right now, and I've got things falling apart on me. Right, I'm in
0: definitely a shape.
1: You, <laughs> but but so you get into better shape, and then your body starts working better. And when I'm thinking of this long term, so right now I got Vladdy at number six on this list, behind Soto. Right, well. I would say the main reason for that is the concern about, and, and these are tiny differentiations, right? Five and six. I mean, you know, that that's this is a matter of taste, uh, but that's something that I that I keep in mind when I'm putting together these ranks. And in terms of pitchers, long term, you know, pitchers. I, I I was having a conversation with a really smart player named Ken Balderston. I don't know if you're familiar with him. I'm not. He just he just joined one of our uh, one of my industry dynasty leagues. And we were talking about George Springer, and he was he was one of the he was the Springer owner that was trying to he's, he teams up with Gabriel Lundeen, and um and we were talking about how he you know he, the the question became about pitching in a rebuild, and my, I come from the Tom Trudeau place of dynasty rankings and dynasty uh, playing dynasty. If you're not ready to win, don't buy pitching. Because pitching is dangerous. It's just dangerous. Young bats, you can move anything and get anything you want for them. I I drafted Cole Tucker in the third round of a dynasty draft in February, March. Uh, just I was like, you know what? I like Cole Tucker. He's got some speed. He's got some pop. And you know, I think he's going to come up. I was able to get almost anything I wanted for him when he came up. Mm-hmm. And I traded him before he started hitting 182, right? <laughs> Because I was like, eh, Nanda was like, this might be the time to trade Cole Tucker. I was like, you may be right. I might have to trade Cole Tucker. And I went and got myself Felix Pena, who I love dearly, 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 and a high first-round pick in the next year's draft A swap. I go from like 15 to 3, which is going to be really valuable in this draft coming up to get more young bats. So when you have the young bats and you need the pitching, you use the young bats to get you the pitching. Because let's say looking at uh, Wander Franco, right? I have Wander Franco at number 38 on this list. I can get Max Scherzer straight up for Wander Franco right now from a rebuilding team.
0: Pretty awesome, yeah.
1: Yeah. And so what does that tell me? I, I love Mackenzie Gore. I think Mackenzie Gore could be special. Can I get Mackenzie Gore for Max Scherzer? Hell no. No,
0: you can't. And hell no. Hell no. He's especially not with a guy like Mackenzie Gore's mechanics. I think that his mechanics are always going to scare people.
1: Well, and he's I a pitcher. Think should, so but... I, I, I think he looks like Clayton Kershaw to me. Um, but but the uh, but the Wander Franco's of the world. And you look at somebody like Fernando Tatis, who I had, I think, in the early low 50s at the beginning of the season in my dynasty rankings. People are like, wow, it's pretty high. Kids never even played above double A. And I'm like, yeah, but he's got all the pedigree and he's going to be special. And right now, even with the injury, I have him as of now in my top 20 because he's 19 years old. And look at what he did in just those first few weeks. And we can project that over time. Yes, he's going to have little injuries, but they're not going to keep him out for 18 months. You know? So that's something that I, I definitely take very much into, into account.
0: Then how do you rank pitchers term? So, cause you got guys like, Like Casey Mize, for instance, like Mm -hmm. he looks completely legit. He looks ready. The Tigers aren't necessarily going to bring him up. Maybe, you know, at earliest, he's probably up in September, uh, considering they're not uh, competing. But more than likely, we see him at some point next year. Like from a straight skills perspective, he should, I would think he'd be a top 50 player. But can you put him in the top 50? No, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Because, no. because no, of the I, pitching volatility.
1: Yeah, because of the pitching volatility. And he already came in out of the draft with a little bit of a question about his how his elbow mm-hmm. was going to hold up. That was already a question. We haven't seen it yet. He's been fantastic. He's been phenomenal.
0: Oh, he's um, just nasty.
1: Yeah, and that splitter is for real. I mean, mm-hmm. it just drops off the table. I think he's going to have a fantastic major league career. Right now, Casey Mize, since you're asking, I have at 81 I have oh, that's I ha- still I have,
0: pretty uh, that's still pretty bullish on him
1: that it is. It's pretty bullish on him and, and probably and I think he's my highest ranked. I see it. But like someone like Forrest Whitley, I have down. I had dropped remarkably so because you just never know with these young guys. I mean, I've got Casey Mize right around. Rafael Devers, Jorge Polanco, Jordan Alvarez, JT Real Mudo. Um, but I have Austin Riley at 74. And Boba at 73, you know, because these guys are going to, they're going to last. They're going to, you know, maybe I'm wrong on Riley. Maybe I'm a little too high on Riley. Um, but I don't think so. And I think that, we, you know, I look at pedigree. I look at what people, like really smart prospect guys like James Anderson, talk about. And, and you know, I, I, because James and I share a team, we talk about prospects all the time. And, you know, his, his feelings on Bichette... And, and a, there was one swing that Bichette took in spring training. It was a inside fastball that he just, I mean, turned around. And did you, I don't know if you saw yeah, it. Yeah,
0: no, I know exactly which one you're talking Ooh, about. Now.
1: And I was like, that's a different, that's like a different generation of hitting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like when I, I think when Prince showed up and it's like, whoa, that's a different sound. No one's made a sound like that before in in, in music. And when I saw that swing, I was like, whoa, that's a different kind of swing. I, we might be looking at something ridiculous here. I've been so,
0: trying to trade him or trade for him from you guys. For- yes, <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes, you have. And then we had the one time, I guess it was like two weeks ago, you sent me Chavis for Bichette. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, dude. And then I, I wrote back. I was like, I love you, but no. I, I love <laughs> you so much. And by accident, I pressed accept, and it goes through. And Andres James writes to me, he's like, what the f-
0: did you just do?
1: I was like, that was a mistake, and then I had to write to the whole league and say, "Hey, sorry about that."
0: And I properly shamed you for that. Yes, uh, you can't. I, yeah. I mean, by the time by the time uh, I even <laughs> saw it, it already been uh, reversed yeah. and apologies like, had already been issued. Uh, but I I was actually I was, when I first saw, it, I was like, awesome, he actually took that. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, you know, not that it was a bad offer. You guys are competing. I'm not competing. Chavis is going to help now, uh, and Bichette will help me in the future, but. Uh, no, yeah. I, I totally understand you guys' apprehension because I, I do think he's a special bat as well.
1: I yeah, know Bichette, you know, there when you play with a partner, there are a couple of guys that were just like, We're not trading this guy, we're never trading this guy. And we've been able to hold to that even last year as we were climbing and we ended up in second place in the 20 team league, just two points out from Ryan Bloomfield, who was magnificent and won the league and is running away with it again this year. But we're climbing. You know, I think you offered us a really interesting deal. Like you gave us Chapman and there was like a grinky. It was like like five players that would have really helped us and you're asking for a Bichette and something somebody else back. and it was like, and James was like, we can't do it. And I'm like, you know, we'll win the league if we make this trade.
0: Well, and that's and why Ryan won the league because and then we, Ryan won guys, the league because, because you guys tra- didn't make that yeah. trade. I traded the I made the trade with him.
1: Yeah, and you gave him – and you got Rosario back. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Eddie I got
0: Rosario and Donaldson and uh, – Cespedes. And Cespedes.
1: Yeah, but um, it was Rosario that was the main piece even at the
0: time where it was like, yeah, yeah that's I a flip, – I flipped all of them except for Cespedes, who's just sitting on my IL. with his red Yeah, and he ankles.
1: will – with his, with his, with his, he's another, well, eh, yeah, sesbitous. Well, whatever. It is what it is. We can talk about him next year when he's, when he's coming back for two weeks smoking cigarettes in the clubhouse. He smokes cigarettes in the clubhouse. Smoking is bad kids. Smoking, <laughs> <laughs> Justin Mason, smoking his bad kids. All right. But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, as I said, I, I tweeted about this. I said, it's really fun and incredibly challenging to do these dynasty rankings because things are moving every minute and it's like, there's so many. It's 400 players on my list, and you're you don't want to miss anybody, and you want to make sure that everybody's in the right spot because uh, it's it's an honor to do it. I'm grateful to RotoWire for asking me to do it, and uh, and I'm grateful to the Athletic for having me do the podcast. And to finish off, I'm grateful to you for pulling me up from the minor leagues to do your show.
0: <laughs> well, before before you leave, I, I want you to kind of give everybody a with your Dynasty ranks. How are, how are people supposed to use it? Because some people use them as like straight ranks for a draft. Some people use yeah. it as, you know, a trade evaluation tool. How you're the creator, tell people how they should use your ranks.
1: They should use it for both of those purposes. And it, it, the rankings are different now than they are in the offseason. In the offseason, I actually prize prospects more because they become really interesting trade pieces. In the offseason, they're worth more than they are during the season because during the season, you're, you're not going to get quite as much for them. Um, so it goes, th- th- they tend to go up and down a little bit. So a, a really top hitting prospect can be in the top 170, even if he's in double A or high A. Um, whereas now during the season, unless they're really raking, they're probably going to go down a little bit because their value won't be as much in a trade. And it really, it's there for trade purposes. So someone can look at it and say, all right, you're talking about Juan Soto for Javier Baez, you have Soto at five, you have Baez at nine. Um, all right, I got to make up the difference between nine and five. You know, that's one of the, the disadvantages is that everyone knows exactly how I feel about all the players. So they're like, well, wait a minute. Why wouldn't you give me Soto for, you know, Baez plus? Well, it's because I don't want to do that, but you haven't ranked. So yeah, but it doesn't mean I want to do that. It just means that that's how I, how I see it. But that's the, that's the, that's the value of that. And you can look at your team and you can figure out, okay. I've got Max Scherzer. I'm not going to win this year. Scherzer is a is a top 35 dynasty ranked player because you're only going to get two more dominant years out of him. Maybe maybe three. Maybe one. Um, what can I get that's going to add up to that number? I need the I need a, the number 60 player. I need the number 95 player, and give me the number 123 player and a draft pick, and then you get Max Scherzer. That's how I think of it and uh and hopefully it can be of use to to people and rotowire is a fantastic place to get a subscription not only are you getting my dynasty ranks you're getting clay link you're getting james anderson you're getting jeff erickson you're getting todd zola i mean you're getting some of the best minds. Chris List, you're getting some of the best minds in fantasy baseball and uh definitely worth a subscription
0: i completely agree i get one every year because i really enjoy their uh, draft software
1: yeah well their draft software is that draft software is, is phenomenal too. And that uses Jeff's rankings. And that's, those are the ones that I was using in Tout Wars and in all auctions. I'm, I'm always using the Rotowire draft uh, software.
0: Yep. I, I, I love Rotowire and uh, I'm, I'm a big proponent of them. I, I plug them all the time. Uh, and I'm a big fan of your new podcast. So remind everybody uh, how they can get at that because uh, I, I think everybody should have an athletic subscription
1: yeah i i i I mean i'm fortunate enough to work for two of the best um places to work in fantasy baseball and fantasy sports um and with rotowire definitely worth a subscription no question and with the athletic i mean there's just so much material there so many great writers beat writers in every town plus you get um the podcasts are, are sort of new we just started them this year and uh jake Seely has a podcast that is three times a week derek van Riper and our friend you know saris have a show twice a week um and nando myself uh, there's just there's just a numerous and al melchior has a show that he does with matt modica and with derek van Riper. uh if i'm forgetting somebody i apologize i'm just doing this off the top of my head and um So it's, you get all of that and you get all the rankings every week and it's really great. It's a really great, and there are coupons out there where you can get 30% off or 40% off a subscription. I would definitely get involved. Unfortunately, you can only listen to the podcast if you are a subscriber. Um, But I'll tell you, we have a great time. Derek and Nando and I, we really, we really enjoy Wednesdays from 11 to 12 every week is uh, probably one of my favorite hours of the week.
0: Nice. Well, we will definitely uh, make sure we are subscribing over at the Athletic, and make sure you're subscribing over at Roto-Wire so you can get all of Ian's fantastic uh, content. And you can always follow Ian on Twitter at IanCon4. Uh, That's it. Follow me at Justin Mason FWFb. Uh, and I think that is going to do it for this episode. So absolutely,
1: my love to Jason, and I've you know wherever you need me, bro, I got your
0: back. I definitely, I I have you warming up in the pen. If I need you, I I will call on you and and bring you in to help close it out.
1: Absolutely, buddy. All
0: right, man. It's been a pleasure.
1: (laughs) Always. Bye, buddy.
0: Bye, buddy.